In a stadium rich with tradition, the lights shine the brightest. This is the camp. Now, here's your host, Zach Heilprin, on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Yes, welcome into the camp. I'm Zach Heilprin. No Jesse Temple will be back with me in our next episode. We're going to be breaking down uh, Saturday's practice. We'll be doing that probably uh, Sunday, and then the episode will post Sunday night or Monday morning. We'll see. I was planning to do a Q&A today. I actually said I was going to do that, and uh, completely forgot to put out the uh, tweet asking for questions. So here we are. I got a few questions to, to answer, but uh, I don't know if enough to be able to put together a full episode. So we're going to postpone that and uh, put that together for uh, for next week. So instead today, going to play for you the interview I did with Casey Robach earlier this week, former Wisconsin offensive lineman who played in the NFL for 10 years. He blocked for Ron Dane, was done with football essentially, and then got the itch to get back in after uh, watching his son play flag football and he got back into it got back into personnel and he's now the director of scouting for Wisconsin a great interview obviously had to touch on Ron Dane and my unhealthy obsession with that and uh, a PJ Fleck mentioned as well but a really fun interview with a guy who uh, was an all-american at Wisconsin as an offensive lineman NFL player and now back at UW trying to help Wisconsin get back into Big Ten title contention uh, and more with uh, with Luke Fickle so here he is Casey Rubach Yes, welcome back into the camp. Now joined by a special guest, it is Casey Robach, who is who has a new job—not new job, a new, <laughs> newish job—as uh, the director of scouting here at Wisconsin. Uh, we'll get to that, right? But you're also a two-time Big Ten champion, mm-hmm. two-time Rose Bowl champion, yes, ten-year career in the NFL, yep, All-American here at Wisconsin, yep. I want to start there because I have a couple unhealthy obsessions in my life <laughs> yeah one of them is very well known to our listeners and it is has a lot to do with the guy that you blocked for ron dane you blocked for him for was it three of the of his four three, years three of his four yep. yep okay so you got him in 97 98 and 99 in 1999 he broke the all-time rushing record here yes. famously right the iowa game broke yeah. it on a a uh, nice little run to the outside. Thank and, goodness it wasn't just like a two-yard, right? you know. Yeah, right. It was a good run. It was a fantastic run, well-blocked, huge yeah. hole. So he breaks the record, right? Right. 7,000, well, it wasn't. It was, <laughs> yeah. So my unhealthy obsession here is he has the most yards rushing all time of any player, right. 7,125. However, the NCAA says he only has 6,397 yards which makes him the second all-time leading rusher in college football history because a guy named Donnell Pumphrey mm-hmm. had an opportunity to play a lot more games, get to count his bowl games, right. and Ron doesn't. I'm wondering, as a guy who blocked for him, I, I think it's an absolute travesty. We na- I mean, I, I'm a big Ron Dane guy. We name, actually named one of our dogs Dane. Nice. Um, and so for a guy who blocked for him, does it piss you off? At all? You know, I don't think it pisses me off. Okay, I so think, we're at a different point then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit more calm about it than you are looking at your face right now. But, yeah. no, um, you know, I think I think anybody who is a football, who loves football at the core and, lo- you know, understands the game of football and numbers and stuff like that, realize that Ron, what Ron's real numbers are. It doesn't really, you know, 
the NCAA has a really good job, does a really good job of uh, changing and adapt. I don't even say adapting, just changing. Adapting probably not so. Yeah, much. not so much adapting, just changing for no no real reason. And um, you know, I think, and I know I, a former teammate of mine who was on the line with me went on a lot of rants when this first came about. Um, uh, I just, I just, I just watch from the watch from the distance. Uh, but we all know that what what Ron's real numbers are and who is the all time leading rusher for sure in NCAA. So it is, so it is talked about though, like it, or it was talked about when it happened. I think it was 2016. Is, is yeah, I think I think it was it was a big, especially in the state of Wisconsin, right? Yeah. I think anybody that had a connection to to uh, Badger football and or just a, a Badger fan, I think we're kind of an uproar, no doubt. All right. Um, and to to say that we're going to count somebody's numbers but not somebody else's numbers is all just a farce, and it's just ludicrous. Thank you. That's what I yeah. that's what I was looking for, Casey. I needed I needed farce <laughs> and uh, ludicrous. I'm, you like I'm, those? I'm, yeah. It is. It is. Um, and look, I I think when it happened, I reached out to the NCAA to ask, you know, why are you guys not clarification? Going back, yeah, going back and ask, you know, going back and adding in bowl stats, and they 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 came up. They said, first of all, we don't have all the stats because there's, you know, 1939, a punt return for, you know, rando, rando mm. going for five yards. We need to, we would need to add that back in, too. I'm like, okay, well, that shouldn't be that hard. There weren't that many bowl games back then. Right. But also it was the idea of winning a regular season rushing title. Mm-hmm. We, they didn't want to take that away from guys that had done it. So, like, if you had the regular season rushing title, mm-hmm. but then you added in the bowl stats and someone had more yards than you, then you technically were not the NCAA leader that year i think it's just so stupid i think it's i mean when you talk about like big big categories like all-time leading rusher you might want to add a couple four games to that four games to that yes stat. because of how big the games were it went yeah. over 203 of them that's a pretty big deal yeah, yeah. And, you know and, and two of them rose bowl <laughs> yeah. you know games where yeah. he tore it up so all right well we've done five minutes on this and people are probably <laughs> fast forwarding because they've heard this so much from me so I, sure. I i uh i apologize to listeners but what was it like playing in those those um, those teams? Because it was ninety eight, ninety nine Big Ten championship teams. Mm-hmm. You know what what they had done in ninety four. That those teams are beloved. Uh, that ninety four team, ninety three, ninety four team is beloved mm-hmm. because of you know it having been so long since they had been to a Rose Bowl, they win a Rose Bowl. But mm-hmm. then it was like, can you do it again? Right. And it took you know it took five years to get back. Um, but I think Barry's as proud of that as is probably anything that he that he's done yeah. is you know keeping that standard and making it so Wisconsin football is going to be at that level and considered on that level all the time. But could you guys feel that? Could you guys feel? Yeah. So you know you you it's you bring up that '94 team and as a player, for my time here in '96 through '01, um, you know those guys were the standard that we were chasing. You know, I don't want to diminish what those guys set a standard for us those 98-99 teams like we wanted we envied those guys like we seriously did like what they were able to do in conference and bowl game and all this stuff was was awe-inspiring for sure so we're just chasing those guys to be honest with you and then we won that first one in uh in 99 and shoot we looked at our roster and looked at the guys are coming back you know we're still hungry like we're we're gonna go do this again for sure um so, you know, it was, it was. I mean, it was an amazing time. It really was. Um, obviously, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears put into that. Um, couldn't have done it without anybody on those teams or coaches that were a part of that. 
but you know we there's something about those those guys and it was it was special um you know we always had we had one goal nobody was afraid to work um and you know we set goals high for for ourselves um and great things happened for us famously you guys were called that 98 team was called the was it the worst team to ever play in a Rose Bowl? <laughs> yeah. who, who was it? That was it. Was the guy from, uh, Tom uh, Jackson? Uh, wasn't it? A, no, no, we, no. It was the kid. Was it? it was the guy from SMU. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I did hear I'll, that. But I loved, I loved Barry's Barry's uh, quote after the game. Well, I guess uh, after after the win, we're I guess considered the second worst team, <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. Um, it was. Yeah. Those those were fun teams. Yeah. I, I was in high school at that point, so it was it was fun to follow, and the timing around that was was great. You uh, were in, on the team in 2000 as well. Correct. That team, and I think Barry has talked about it, being the most talented team that he's ever had. Now, there were some obviously things that popped up. <laughs> that little shoebox like thing, yeah. Hours before yeah, yeah. the opener against Western Michigan that night where guys yeah. missed uh, extensive time. And you guys almost made it through those first four games because you guys were able to stagger the suspensions. Correct. Um, and you guys almost made it through. And then, obviously, the Northwestern game, the way that, that played out which was just an absolute shootout back yep. and forth. Based on what has happened now mm-hmm. with NIL yeah. <laughs> and everything like that, <laughs> uh, do you hold any – it's 20-some years ago, yeah. so I'm sure you don't hold still you know, any bad feelings against it, but right. it certainly affected that season. You guys started, I think, number four in the country. There were so, the expectations were so high for that group. Do you felt like you didn't live up to where you wanted to be? Well, I think we obviously came out of that season with a bad taste just where we are. You know, um, you know, set aside NIL and, you know, what happened that season. You know, I think we were talented enough to get through those first four games the way we did. Um, unfortunately, it was down the stretch where we struggled. Um, and, you know, that was that's the disappointing part of that, that season. Um, and it would be my senior year and all that good stuff. You know, that was – that's what disappointed – that's what was disappointing. You know, obviously now you look back, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and, you know, with the NIL stuff, not, you know, we were never got in trouble for any of that. But, uh, <laughs> um, no, I mean, I think it was all a great learning lesson for everybody. I think I think anytime you're handed adversity, you could take it one of two ways. You know, you can, you know, go in a shell and, you know, pout, or you can learn and adapt. And I think we tried to learn and adapt that season. Unfortunately, you know, down the stretch, we just didn't, didn't, didn't do what we were supposed to. But after this, you were able to go and play 10 years mm-hmm. in the NFL. What did Wisconsin do to prepare you for that time in the NFL? Um, you know, I think, I think Wisconsin instilled in me just a really great work ethic. Not that, I didn't, not that I'm saying I came into Wisconsin without a good work ethic, but um, I think – Coach Alvarez and his staff was really great at pushing their players to the limits, instilling um, the work ethic that could carry you far beyond what you know what college had to offer. That um, that and teaching like about the game of football. You know they were great teachers. How that whole staff was, um, and how technique wins. And um, I mean, there's a thousand things I could probably point out, but you know I think those are the two top things that. Wisconsin prepared me for going into my NFL career. Uh, you, you talk about the staff that was was here. Obviously, Barry, but Jim Heber was your yep. offensive line coach. Do you have any good stories, Hubes, about, about <laughs> Hubes? Because uh, you know there there are some legendary coaches that we hear about that were here for a long time, right? Like John yeah. Palermo as well. Yeah. The defensive linemen have always have some good stories. Yeah. I'm sure, the offensive linemen do as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, Hubes. Uh, you know, a lot of it's uh, too colorful for radio. 
Um, it's podcast. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, holy cow. Um, <laughs> no, I think, um, I mean, he pushed us hard, no doubt. And, um, you know, sometimes I thought, um, I thought he thought our name started with an F and ended it with a K. Um, but, you know, he, he saw the potential in us. I mean, for a guy to um, start three freshmen in the middle um, in 97, I think is daring and uh, kind of – you don't see that. You know, that's just not something that happens. Um, but he saw the potential in us, and he rode us hard, and he pushed us hard. And he made sure that uh, Chris McIntosh and Aaron Gibson rode us hard and pushed us just as hard. Um, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, he, it, it was a lot of MFing and a lot of screaming and yelling, but, um, but showed us the potential that we could be. And it just kind of progressed from there. You know, I think our relationships with, uh, Hubes definitely grew throughout the, the four years with him. Um, and the MFing kind of died down a little bit towards the end, but, uh, he was always, the, I mean, he was he coaches hard and I love that. That's the way I like that kind of coaching, you know, you know, hear the message, don't hear how the message is being uh, presented. It was kind of the way I always took it. He, um, he taught me, he taught me so much about the game of football, you know, uh, about the position, but then also just offensive schemes and how to read defenses. You know, I think that I keep on saying to, over and over that, you know, those, those, those coaches, especially coach Huber was uh was a really great teacher of the game that paid dividends, you know, forever. So uh, when I started this podcast, it was me and Matt Bernstein. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, obviously. Your hammer. Yes. Uh, and he's crazy, right? So, but, In a good way. Yeah. Uh, he uh, would always tell stories about the seminary. Oh. Which kind of phased out towards the end of his time. But yep. you were kind of like right in the middle of yeah. it. Uh, were those the worst three or four weeks of the year for you? How long did you guys stay out there? I think we were out there for three okay. weeks. Because um, it was three days, wasn't it? For three some... days. Well, yeah. So um, I remember my freshman year, there were two days. And, you know, that was hard, no doubt. Um, but I was a freshman, didn't know any better, just trying to drink it from a fire hose, trying to figure out, you know, how this college football thing is supposed to be. And then start three freshmen. Holy cow! Look at that. We can add another, another, another practice. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, you you hate it, but you also love it because it's just about. It's not all distractions are removed. It's just football. Um, I mean, I got some great memories, great stories of of you know <laughs> of hijinks and uh, great football uh, being prepared for and all that stuff. But. Uh, Overall, I mean, it was a great experience. There, you cannot recreate that, that environment, that uh, kind of work, and that kind of uh, commitment to your craft anywhere else. You know, there wasn't more special place. I mean, obviously now we drive by there and we, you know, the hair raises on our arms and you get you're like, oh my god, thank God, no. <laughs> that was so funny. I was uh, went to dinner at uh, Joe Rudolph's house yep. uh, when he was. Uh, OC hearing online coach and he bought a house like within viewing distance of and I point out to him like I'm like Rudy how can you buy a place this close to seminary he's like man I never thought of that <laughs> it's kind of scary you know so so even Rudy had you know we reminisced about it but um you know I mean it's great I mean it's great memories and you know of 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 obviously the football portion of it but you know the the between football practices you know 
I mean, there's crazy stories of guys, you know, obviously the training room and everything was one on and me rooms on the other end. It was like a, a, a hospital ward <laughs> between there down the hallway. Guys are just going to full body cramps and guys sticking out, getting IVs. And, you know, that was, it was a coming to, coming to age almost um, aspect to, to that seminary. It really was. But, it, I mean, don't get me wrong. It was hard work. It was tremendously hard work. But it was all worth it. It was so worth it. What was Barry like during those three weeks? Um, was he different than he normally would be during like a year? Did he treat those those weeks differently? Yeah, um, I mean, not that Coach Alvarez wasn't always about business, but it was all business. You know, it was it was football, um, and the thing that I don't think I realized early on in my career, but he had a detailed plan for each day and why we were and and all that stuff, and he followed it to a T. Um, it's not like a lot of these coaches now where if you do camp or something like that, you know, they'll surprise you with a day off. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. Day off was a day off. You're not getting another one. You know what I mean? Um, so, I mean, he was he was tough but fair, to say the least. Um, I mean, he we'd work hard, but he'd bring a comedian at night to, to you know, for, for, for uh, to get away from football. Um, and, and just just relax and you know have a good time with our teammates a team a team building um, hypnotist one time you know a comedian another time so I mean um, it wasn't always always work but majority work. Who is the best player that you ever played with at Wisconsin? Hmm. There's a lot of good ones, a, lot yeah. of, a ton of good ones. Um, That's t- I've, oh, give, me, give, give me a couple. Um, Jamar Fletcher. Oof, yes. Ron Dane. Yeah. Chris McIntosh, <laughs> um, Wendell Bryant. I mean, oh, college-wise, he was amazing. Uh, and then there's other guys that you just respect because of, you know, they may not be the most um, athletically gifted, but damn, they meant so much to us. Like Jason Doring. Yep. Um, Chris Godorzi. Um, Chris Chambers. I mean, he was fantastic. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Um, and then guys like Chris Samuel, or, um, or not Chris Samuel, sorry. Um, oh, man, my quarterback now. <laughs> Mike Samuel. Mike Samuel, I'm yeah. sorry. Chris Samuel was the tackle I played with in the league. Yeah. Mike Samuel, I mean, just tough, gritty. I don't know if he could have thrown it for a yard down the field, <laughs> but he meant so much to us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just a tough, gritty Philly kid, you know, that meant so much to us. So, I mean, it's really hard for me to say this was the guy. Yeah. Because there were so many on those teams. I thought Jamar Fletcher brought, like, a different type of attitude. Mm-hmm. To Wisconsin, that, that extreme made, confidence, extreme confidence, but also just like the way he dressed, like his uniform, Swagger. his uniform, some just swag like to the, him. the coolest thing I've ever seen a Wisconsin player ever had. Like, yeah. the, you know, the helmet that you then you would go and play on NCAA football, and you'd like it had like the little visors or like the, uh, the little side, yeah, yep, yep. Uh, things. He just looked like a football player, he just hey, looked man. like an elite player. Yeah, he was a dude now, he was uh, he uh. He did, he did bring something different that we didn't have on the team. You know, he brought that swagger, that confidence, and I think the guys on defense, especially in the back end, like fed off it. I mean, yeah. they really did. Yeah, he was fantastic. Him yeah. and Freddie Mitchell going back and forth in the was that the 2000 Sun Bowl. Yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> that or Plexico Burris. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or uh, Joey Harrington when they came in. No, was he? Was that that day that Michael Bennett ran for 290? Yes. Yep. And he had three interceptions because he had to. Didn't he, he missed? He missed like I want to say he missed two or three of the games. Those first, 
The whole shoebox thing, I think yeah. so, yeah. So I think and they they used him for the – you guys used him for the for Oregon, Oregon game. Yeah, we need him for that one. Yeah, <laughs> he had three interceptions. Yeah. That dude – Yeah, that's not bad. When, when you're talking about dudes being dudes, that dude was – A dude. Everything, yeah. yes. Yeah. So you have your NFL career. Yeah. You get done in 2011. Mm-hmm. How did you find your way back to UW? You ready for a story? I am. Okay, cool. So I retired – upon retirement, like, I, honest to God, I wanted nothing to do with football. Like, I, I, I had three young kids. My wife um, was the was the stay-at-home mom that, you know, ran everything and ran the kids and all that stuff. And when I retired, I, I told her, I looked at her, I'm like, I just, want, I just want to be around you and the kids. I just want to be dad. She's like, all right, we can do this. I drove her nuts, I probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I drove her nuts for the first couple weeks. But um, so, uh, you know, in the NFL, you always have to have an implant. So, you know, during my playing career, we bought property uh, back home, built a house, and that was going to be, you know, when it's all said and done, that's where we're going. We moved back to Wisconsin, get the kids enrolled in school, and I'm just dad. Like, I loved taking the kids to school, um, taking my son fishing, you know, the girls, whatever. And um, my wife came to me one day and said, my son Porter um, she said, I signed Porter up for flag football. I'm like, awesome. She said, they're looking for coaches. Would you like to help? I'm like, I just want to be dad. She's like, all right. Okay, that's what, kind of what I told him. Went to the first practice. And um, any um, time a football player is around football, I think there is something that kind of overcomes them. And they, the juices started flowing. So I'm kind of pacing up and down the sidelines as the kids are warming up and stuff. And Nicole looked at me and said, uh, I'm sure they would uh, – I'm sure they'll take some help if you want. I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm good. Um, they get through warm-ups, and I see the first play ran. And uh, I'm really pacing now. And she looks at me, and I look at her. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> so I end up walking out on the field. Actually, I think it was four plays into it. And uh, that's how I got back into football, I swear to God. So from there, uh, I started running, uh, helping run the flag football back home. Um, got into coaching middle school, coaching high school kids, and then anything and everything that I could do with football, right? Um, and sports, to say the least. I mean, it was my um, my girls, my my oldest playing volleyball, my youngest running cross country, uh, her basketball career, um, whatever. Sign dad up, dad will help, put, pretty much. Um, fast forward a few years, um, Nicole and I have a foundation that we started upon retirement called the Fifth Quarter Foundation, where we raise monies for youth education recreation. Not a golfer, so to raise monies, we have fishing tournaments. I love yeah. fishing. Brought back all my NFL buddies, you know, sold a bunch of boats to corporates. Um, Mark Murphy uh, became a good friend of mine. Okay. Um, I think this is kind of through the Redskin connection, you know, former Redskin and stuff like that. And every time I'd see him at these uh, charitable events, golf events or whatever, he would always ask me, uh, you know, what's next? And I kept on telling Mark, you know, I'm good. I'm enjoying what I'm doing. He's like, all right. When you get bored, call me. I got bored. (laughs) (laughs) So I called Mark and uh, um, had a great conversation with him, met met with him a few times. And uh, he's like, all right, what do you want to do? So I'd love to get in personnel. Send me your resume. Like that, I'm doing an internship for the Green Bay Packers. Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. Um, should have probably taken the, the area scout that they offered, <laughs> but uh, 
you know, whatever it was. Come a little bit while longer, I get a call from uh, Chris McIntosh. Matt calls me. says, hey, you realize you only have one class left to get your degree? I said, yeah, Mac, I know. Um, <laughs> just never really – wasn't a big priority. He's like, you should, probably should. Well, when Mac calls and asks, you kind of kind of say yes. So I spent 2019 um, trying to get that one class um, taken online. Spent a whole year, it doesn't happen. So 2020, guess what? Guess what I'm doing? I'm I'm down here in Madison, in the classroom taking classes with with students down here. So I got in touch with Rudy, uh, Joe Rudolph, and told him, Hey, I'm gonna be around. If you want some help, I'm more welcome to. Get in here as fast as you can. So I was I was staying down here Tuesday Tuesday and Thursday I had class. So I was down here Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, just helping out, self scouting, um, looking at film, you know, whatever, any way and every way that he wanted me to help him. Did it. COVID hits. Got that class online finally. <laughs> <laughs> and then twenty one, you know, twenty one was uh, was still crazy down here. You know, we're still testing and daily. Yeah. So um, did some stuff, you know, on the side, you know, from a distance for for Rudy. And then um, come fall into 21 season, Coach Chris gave me a call and said, hey, I'm kind of redoing this whole personnel department, recruiting department. You want to be a part of it? Talked to Nicole, and obviously she's she's awesome and says, yeah, let's go do it. So here I am. Did you guys move down here? <sighs> no. No. Okay. <laughs> so anytime – so my oldest daughter is a senior right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that wasn't going to happen. No. So we have an apartment down here, and, you know, I get home when I get home, and, you know, it's some days are easier than others. But It, it is a significant commitment, though. Oh, for sure. I mean, this is – recruiting in this day and age is just at a different level than it was when yeah. you were, I'm sure, being recruited, oh, you yeah. know, in the, in the mid-'90s. Yeah. Like, it's it's just at a – It's night and day. Yeah. It's night and close to what, what was in the past. And, and time-wise. Oh, for sure. Like, how many hours a week do you think you spend – I usually get in here about six. Usually leave here about seven, and then I mean you're still on the phone. So I mean, twelve, thirteen hours a day, six plus days a week. So you have a uh, a little bit of a distinction now um, in terms of being the only <laughs> former Badger left. Yeah. You know, on the staff um, yeah. with with Mike Caputo going to Buffalo now. Right. So I think I think you are obviously there's people that went to school here, right? Like sure. Uh, John, Richter John Richter went yep. to school here. So there are there are people that. Know the university, sure. right? But it's you, you have that. I don't know. Do people come to you and like ask questions? Are they? Are oh, you? Definitely. Are you kind you of know, like a resource? Oh, a hundred percent. You know, and um, um, you know, from the beginning, you know, I think Coach Fickle. I remember taking Coach Fickle just on a facility tour. You know, what is important? Like, what has history here? You know, just the horseshoe over the over the the um the doorway. You know, yep. and stuff like that. You know, what what has significance? And you know what is you know just kind of fluff around around here, um, you know things like that. Um, you know just the history of of was Badger football. You know even before I was playing here, and then you know after uh, it gets brought up a lot. And then just just how the university works. You know what what's significant? What makes what, what makes Madison amazing? What makes it the number one you know college town you know in America? Yeah. Um, and I think I think I think we've gotten a good. I think they've all got a good firm footing on it and stuff like that. But there's still stuff that pop up. And I'm like, oh, you didn't know this, <laughs> but you know it's. And I think 
I think that's where I bring a lot of value, no doubt, uh, aside from the recruiting thing and all this, uh, the recruiting aspect of it all. But, yeah, that's uh, it's been fun teaching them the history of, of – and what makes Wisconsin, the University of Wisconsin so great. Yeah. I'm a big Mickey Turner guy. He was, was great. was always great, you know, mm-hmm. to talk to and, and that. Um, and obviously he, he led the department last, last year. year. Mm-hmm. Now Max Steinecker and Pat Lambert are, mm-hmm. are leading, are at the head of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how has it changed for you who have been here before? How has it changed into what it is now? Because I think from an outside perception, there's, there's significant a lot going on. change, right? Yeah. So, so I think, um, I think in the you know the difference from last year to this year, I think we still had kind of an old school flair to us, to, so, to, so to speak. You know, we weren't, we weren't, we we're dipping our toe into the new age of of recruiting, if you want to name it that. Um, you know, with the uh, you know the photos and social media aspects and all that stuff where now we're, we're fully emerged. You know, we've, we bought in and we dove right into the deep end. Um, I think that's probably the biggest change without trying to lose, you know, what Wisconsin is because you never want to get away from, you know, what made Wisconsin great. Right. right. Um, but you have to adapt with, you have to adapt and change with time or, you know, you get left behind. Yeah. So I think we're, we're, I think that's probably the biggest difference is, the switch to um, what everybody else is doing, you know, across the country, um, but without losing who Wisconsin football is. The you are the director of scouting, but Pat and Max and you are GMs of different. They, 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 that's yeah, how they refer. Yeah. They're GMs of, of different position groups, right? Correct. So, well, you know, they have big skill in something. Uh, other ones have just skill positions. Yep. You have the big guys. Uh, big guys and quarterbacks. Big guys and quarterbacks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll get to the quarterback part. I didn't know that. So that's interesting. <laughs> um, but when you uh, are evaluating offensive linemen yep. for this scheme, mm-hmm. is it different than how you were evaluating offensive linemen for the past scheme, for the, for the, for the not, previous staff? Not really. Um, and I think I was a little bit different than, you know, probably what Bob Bosted um, pictured. You know, what I mean, which was great. I mean, I, I think if you're just a um, a yes man uh, to anybody, I don't think you're getting better as a as a as a university, right? Um, I think <clears throat> I think uh, offensive linemen can be um, very big, very long, but athletic at the same time, right? Um, and I think I think I weighed a little bit more the athletic portion of it, a little bit heavier than what maybe you know Bob did or what a coach might have done in the past. You know, whatever. Um, but no, is it going to change? No, I mean it was just Wisconsin football. Yeah. Um, I mean the the AD was an offensive lineman here. That ain't going to happen. Um, you know everybody talks about the error. I think that's the biggest question I get over and over again. You know, is you know is Phil Longo and the air raid offense going to change what Wisconsin football, what what Wisconsin linemen are? No. no. Phil wants to run the ball. Yeah. Phil loves running the ball. <laughs> Jack McDowell, our O line coach, loves running the ball. And we're gonna give. We're gonna take what the the defense gives us, right? So, what I, I love to have a, a quarterback throws for three thousand yards and two backs that run for fifteen hundred. Absolutely, that's what we're planning to do. That's what you're planning to do. That's what we plan to do. All right. Yeah. Um, when when you look at the other side, defensive defensively, yeah. um, has that changed at all? Because this is a little bit. Yeah. Of a, it's a little bit different. It's definitely different. It definitely is. I think. Um, 
I think we're looking for a little bit more athletes on that side. Uh, I shouldn't say we, a little bit. We're, we're looking for different athletes on that side of the ball. Um, I think we schemed more last year with what we had versus this, you know, this um, defense is going to use their athletic, athletes and their athletic ability to cause chaos. So it, it, it's a change there. Um, but not a huge change. I mean, let's not – I hope I didn't freak out all the listeners. Yeah. <laughs> it's a change, no doubt. Right. But um, it's still going to be, you know, tough and nasty and stifling. And, uh, you know, we, we expect to be in the top ten every year just like in the past. Yeah. I feel like we've, to this point, as we're recording this, seen eight practices. Mm-hmm. And the versatility that the defense has to play a bunch of different looks mm-hmm. and have a bunch of different guys in different spots, it, it does feel – the ability to create chaos is mm-hmm. there. Would you agree? Oh with yeah, that? definitely. And it's it's the they're using um, a number of our, our our athletes in different positions that they haven't played before. Yeah, like in a Hunter. good way. Yeah, like Hunter. Hunter. Yeah, Hunter's down the box. You know, he's playing that dollar spot for us. Yeah. Um, you know, yesterday we had uh, Cheney right was out there and DP was out there and it's 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 craziness. And it's great to see those guys out there and, and trying new things and doing new things and succeeding at new things and. Um, you know, just seeing what their potential really is. Quarterbacks. So um, <laughs> I, I assume that's a, a a group thing, or is it? Or is, or is it? Are you there evaluating by yourself? Oh no, because <laughs> Fickle when he came in, he said, "I'm not going to be down there evaluating quarterbacks. I'm not. That's that's not me." Right. Uh, we have plenty of people at this place that can evaluate quarterbacks and evaluate offensive linemen. And right. So, um, but how did how did that come about? Um, it was my, you know, it was kind of my assignment last year too. So okay. I, I kind of had a good feeling for what was out there, you know, the twenty four, five, six classes. And then um, I ain't gonna lie, like this is driven by Phil Longo, one hundred percent. I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think he takes my uh, opinion, but yeah. Phil's gonna do what Phil wants, right? And, and uh, that's the way it should be. I mean, you look at some of the quarterbacks they're able to bring in the portal, yeah. and I know you can't obviously talk about guys that are uh, committed, but they all have a certain trait. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. And is it feels like when you're looking for guys, that trait has to be there, the ability to not just throw the ball, but have the ability to extend plays too. 100. percent I think I think that's the biggest change that we're looking for a guy that can 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 use his legs to extend the play, either run or pass. You know, is it can he can he extend the play, scramble, and get the ball downfield? Um, obviously, the arm carries the most weight, right? But we're looking for that guy that has that next level athletic ability to to extend the play and 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 get first downs with his legs, or you know, be a, be a danger in the open field for us. Um, when you look at what this program has been recruiting wise, mm-hmm. it's you know there are certain programs that are going to recruit in the top ten every year because of where they are mm-hmm. in this in this country, Correct. right? Like if you're in yeah. this, if you're in certain places, the talent is there; it's easier to recruit it. Sure. Do you think that there's a cap on the ceiling for how good of you know? And I know. Recruiting rankings don't aren't the be all yeah. end all, but do you think that there is a ceiling on how good you guys can recruit, or do you think with this new group or just the new feeling around the program, mm-hmm. the excitement around the program, that there isn't that they, that you guys can go and do whatever, you know, if you win, you're going to get more kids in here, and it's, you're going to be able to be kind of that type of recruiting powerhouse. Yeah, no, I think um, I think we can go after anybody in the country. Do we want to go after anybody in the country? Is the big question, right? I think what makes Wisconsin unique and really good in the past, like we've talked earlier, you know, we don't want to lose that, right? So I think, you know, it's, it's more than just chasing stars. Um, yeah. uh, a, team, a team has to bond and fit together, right? 
you, it's a mix of personalities, a mix of backgrounds. It's all that stuff. You know, you still have to take that into consideration. Um, so just because we can, will we? Mm. Probably not. Because I, I, I don't think that's what Wisconsin football is. Um, but will we go after some, some big name guys that fit us? Definitely. We're going, yeah, we, I feel we're capable and we're all in on that. Yeah, for um, sure. But we're never going to just chase stars to chase stars like some other. Well, we'll leave that for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is uh, – I asked Max and Pat about this because the excitement around the, the program, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you having been around the program for – or known of the program and, and growing up in Wisconsin sure. and um, playing here, the excitement around it is probably at a different level than – would you agree with that than it's ever been before? It's got that 93 feel again. Okay. It, right? right. Yeah. yeah. Where the, see, it's like new. Yeah. And it's, it's yeah. exciting. And everyone's jacked about it and juiced about it and yep. all that. Um, so when you go out and you're recruiting kids, mm-hmm. how do you stay genuine in recruiting guys to Wisconsin and not just give them the fluff of what the excitement around the program? Look at this. How do you be genuine? Well, first of all, I think it's um – I think it's the people. I think it's all about the people, right? So, um, I'll be honest with you. I can't. I can't fake it. You yeah. know what I mean? I can't. I can't. I just can't fake it. Um, you don't have any PJ Fleck in you. It's okay. I, I said it. You didn't have to. Yeah, you, you, can just, you. you can just. You can just. You just be there. I. Um, yeah. That's yeah. that's another one of my unhealthy obsessions. Okay. But go okay, ahead. So there's somebody else in this building that's got one too. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. No, we're not. No, that's not us. That's not Wisconsin. You know what I mean? Um, I think, I think when you recruit a kid, I think you have to, first and foremost, you have to be honest with them. You have to be uh, blatantly obvious, obvious at some points, but you don't sell hopes and dreams. You sell who you are. Um, you sell, you know, what you've done in the past, what Wisconsin's done in the past, what Luke Fickle's done in the past, what Phil Longo's done in the past. And you give them, you, you educate the kid. You know, it's not it's not selling hopes and dreams and butterflies and rainbows, right? It's 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 selling hard facts and who you are and what you are and the demeanor and the the you know how you see them in your scheme. Um, <laughs> that name you brought up, it's popping my head again. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> but no, I think it's I think you got to stay true to who you are and uh, true to what Wisconsin football is. And the, it's really great to see that, you know, Luke Fickle, Coach Fickle's values and morals align so right with what Wisconsin football has been for a long time. Yeah, it just feels like a great fit. It's yeah. it's phenomenal, and it and it seems to be fitting at the time. Again, yeah. guys haven't played a game yet, but nope. um, so there's nope. still there's still ways to go before that's going to happen. But obviously, the excitement around the program, as you said, at a different level than than we're used to seeing. Yeah, this is this is exciting that we haven't seen for a little bit now. Yeah, all right. Hey, Casey, really appreciate your time. And, appreciate uh, you. Um, I know you're a busy guy, so I appreciate the time. Hey, anytime. All right, there he was, Casey Robach, former Wisconsin offensive lineman. Really appreciate his time. Um, he was great. I usually was trying to keep those interviews to 20 to 25 minutes. He gave me 40, so uh, really appreciate that, and I thought it was – Enlightening on a number of different levels, so I hope you guys enjoy that too. All right, as I said, we'll be back either Sunday night, Monday morning, breaking down practice number 10 of spring. Until then, you've been listening to The Camp.